the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, session number 159. Hello and welcome to the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Dr. Allison Gray. Hello. Hello, everybody. You missed that part. (laughs) I said hello. Has it been too long? I think it's been a long time. It has been a very long time since we had you on. I know. It's good to have you back. Hey, thanks. It's good to be back. We got a review recently about you, didn't we? I think so. I was very flattered. It said you were you were uh, underrated. <laughs> I think is what it said. Thank you. Thank you very much. You are the glue that holds this podcast together. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but I'm flattered and I'm glad to be back. Be back. <laughs> All right. That's why we don't have you on anymore. Is you've forgotten how to talk. I know. It's just been so long. I I don't know how to speak on, on into this microphone anymore. Yeah. How have you been doing? I've been great. How have you been, Ryan? I've been great as well. But everybody knows that because they listen every week to me. Yes, they get the pleasure of hearing your voice every week. They don't get the pleasure of seeing the dance that you do to the music <laughs> before the show I do a little starts. dance to the music. I think it's awesome. It's you fun. should video it sometime. Yeah, I, I'm an awesome air guitarist and air drummer You are. You like jam out. <laughs> Who wouldn't? That's why I play it. Anyway, thanks for calling me out on that. <laughs> My pleasure. That's why I show up. All right. So I wanted to get you in here to record a podcast a couple weeks ago. We actually released session 156 with if if you're a math genius, which you kind of aren't, but <laughs> 52 <laughs> weeks in a year times three is 156 episodes. So we've We've now released three plus years of podcasts every week for more than three years. And I wanted to get you in to release a special uh, podcast episode, just kind of in between episodes. But you're here now for this one. So I want you to go back to when we first started this journey. Could you imagine being here three years later? No. I mean... Well, I guess I could have imagined it, but I mean, I, I guess it's become a lot bigger than I ever anticipated it would. It has. And I'm pretty sure you thought I was just going crazy buying all this equipment. You're like, oh man, we're going to have to sell this later. Well, you do have all that photography equipment, but you use that for a while. I no, this is, you know, as Mr. Wonderful would say, there are hobbies and there are passions. I mean, this is clearly a passion. A Shark is. Tank reference. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> no, I I mean it's it's very awesome to see how far how far you've gone and how how much this has grown and 3 years in a row without missing a week. I mean that's phenomenal. Phenomenal. It is. It is. But that's awesome. And you have been there along the way interspersed, interspersed randomly. Interspersed randomly. Yeah. Yes. But it's been great and I applaud you for being here every week and bringing the show to all of you out there. Ryan is so passionate and so committed, and he's here every week. And that's that's not something you can say about every podcast out there. So I think that's that's pretty awesome. He is reliable. He is always going to be there. He shows up every week. 
no matter how tired he is or what's been going on. And that's, that's awesome. And he's providing good, you know, really good advice. So I think it's great. So next week, I have to let you know, we're not going to be here for, oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's joking. I'm just joking. Actually, I, I want to, to talk about some news. I, I have kind of talked about it at the end of a couple different episodes, but I want to talk about it at the beginning here of where we, the, the medical school headquarters, is going. And we've had this podcast now just called the, the Medical School Headquarters Podcast, focusing on the pre-med journey. And now that it's been out for three plus years, students that have been listening to the podcast are now in medical school. And also I've been, phenomenal. A phenomenal, yes. I've been getting emails and messages from students that are in medical school saying, hey, I still listen to the podcast every now and then, uh, but it would be awesome if you had more med student-focused topics, like applying to residencies or um, uh, studying for the boards, that that type of content, Survive, just surviving medical school. We talk a lot about surviving the pre-med world, but what about surviving medical school and clinical rotations and all of that fun stuff? And so I, I guess I'll officially announce it here um, that we will be doing a medical student-focused podcast. Woohoo! Um, there isn't a hard date set yet when this will start, um, but most likely within the first uh, month or two of the new year, we'll start releasing, uh, again, pr- most likely weekly podcasts for medical students. So I know most of you listening right now are not medical students, you're pre-med students, and uh, but I want you to know that you can go ahead and subscribe to a medical student podcast if you want to learn about that. Um, but once you get to that stage, then then hopefully there will still be content there for you as you continue that journey. So that's a, a big announcement. And uh, there, are, there are actually two more podcasts that we're working on in collaboration with a couple other websites. So that's still uh, in the works. Very cool. Lots, 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 of, lots of good stuff. Lots of podcasts. Lots of talking. Apparently I like to talk. Yeah, who knew? Apparently I talk slowly though. Oh, but someone said it was really funny. Someone left a review saying that um, the only thing they didn't like is that Ryan uh, Ryan's voice is kind of slow, but then they said they could fix that by just speeding it up, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. And the irony there is that Ryan listens to all of the podcasts that he listens to at like two whatever, like yeah, two, two times, times the normal speed. And it sounds like micro machines to me and makes me really nauseous when I hear it. <laughs> and when I turn it back to normal speed, I'm like, oh my God, why are they talking so slow? Yeah, it's hilarious. So Yeah. Anyway. All right, if you're listening to this as we're releasing and you partake in the holiday, happy Hanukkah to those of you celebrating. Allison, today we are going to answer some pre-med questions. Sounds good. Uh, I apparently had my, my feedback, the, the feedback page on our website was broken for a while and so i wasn't getting any audio feedback from people audio questions and i fixed it because somebody told me it was broken and now we have a bunch of audio questions so we're going to go and play some questions and give some answers thank you for letting us know it was broken yeah i blame you for it being broken in the first place you blame me for anything that goes wrong that's true 
All right, so this first question here, let's see if we can get it to go backwards, is from Ian. Hi, my name is Ian. I'm calling from San Diego, California. I'm in the beginning of my path to becoming a physician, currently a non-traditional pre-med, 31 years old. My question is, when should a person consider not going to medical school and perhaps consider a physician's assistant instead? How competitive is this? What are some of the factors to be considered when making the choice, especially for a non-traditional pre-med? What might be some of the benefits of choosing a physician's assistant instead of the full-blown MD? Thank you. All right. So what do you think about that, Allison? Hmm. That is a good question. So I think, I think the first thing to figure out and answer that question is, is what are your goals? Because while a lot of the functions, I mean, a lot of the, the duties you could say of a physician and a physician's assistant are similar, uh, it's a different role. And so I think you have to ask yourself, what, what are your goals? Um, being the physician means that you're the leader of the team and you are you really have to embrace uh, you have to be somebody who wants to embrace a leadership role because people are going to be looking to you, including physicians assistants for guidance. And uh, sometimes um, you might be supervising multiple physicians assistants at one time. Um, so I think you the first thing is to figure out what is your goal. And the other question is why are you considering physicians being a phys- physician's assistant? Is it because um, I, well I, I don't know I could speculate, but but that's another another question I have just right off the bat. What makes you think about that? Because Ryan always talks about. You know, you don't want to have a backup plan. You want to be committed to whatever, uh, to what your goal is, which if it's to become a physician, that's your goal and don't have a backup plan because that gives you an out and it means that you're not necessarily fully committed. I agree. <laughs> no, I, I, I think there, that's something that, that you or anybody else thinking about the PA versus MD slash DO routes needs to to look into what what is a PA do you does your personality fit more with a PA or does it fit more with an MD or DO because I I do think they they are they have different personalities uh as as Allison was talking about an MD or DO typically there there's more at stake there's more on the line um, yeah, you have the ultimate responsibility. You have the ultimate responsibility. You are, are a supervisor of PAs, of NPs. Uh, there's just, there's there's more um, there. Although, yes, day in and day out, you are treating patients. And if you're a primary care PA, you are doing probably 90% of the same stuff that an MD or a DO is doing. So a lot of that day in and day out is the same. But then... There are different situations, uh, like like an emergency room, where if you talk to some PAs that are in the emergency room, a lot of them will tell you that that they they aren't happy because they don't get the higher acuity patients. They don't get the more seriously ill patients because those go to the MD or DOs. So you have to be careful um, what what you may be interested in. And I think too, you have to question. Uh 
what is the extent that you want your knowledge base to be and how long do you want to be in training? So as you all know, MD and DO programs are four years and then that's followed by a residency, which ranges anywhere from three to seven years. If you go to PA school, you're in school for two years and then you may do additional training afterwards. Um, But um, it's much more truncated. And so I think you have to ask yourself what, how, you know, what's the, what do you want the foundation of your knowledge to be? And of course, both MDs, DOs, and PAs can all get loads of experience out in the real world after they're finished with training. But um, I think uh, there, it's just, it's going to be a lot more focused if you're a PA because you may not have background to be able to recognize things that are outside of whatever specialty you're working in if you're a PA. Um, so there's that too. So here's, here's one pro for being a PA for a certain personality is somebody who likes variety. So Allison, could could you imagine ever working in neurology like you do now for 10 years and then going, okay, that was fun. I want to try orthopedic surgery. <laughs> no. <laughs> a PA can do that. Yeah. As a, as a physician, you really can't unless you go back and do another uh, residency. And that gets a little tricky too sometimes because if you've already gone through a residency, sometimes there's some funding issues with going back and doing a second residency. So as a PA, you you don't have a residency. Most of your training is just on-the-job training. And so you can switch careers and switch specialties. It's so funny just to think about that because as a neurologist, I can't imagine – it's it's become a part of who I am. When I think about how I identify myself, I I am a doctor, I am a neurologist, I am a wife, I am a mother. It's just so odd to think about, well, if I were not a neurologist, what would I be? Um, And the idea that I would be anything but, it's just, it's it's interesting. Um, Yeah, I mean, and there are people, like Ryan said, who do get double boarded. Um, A colleague of mine in residency first did her training in physiatry and then went back and did a residency in neurology. And people do that, but it's very... Far, few and far between, and what Ryan is talking about is more switching after years, which uh, you know is, is very, very different. Uh, I think, though, you also asked about how competitive it is. So, Ryan, do you know how competitive PA school is? I don't. Yeah, I don't either, so we'll have to get back to you on that. Um, a friend of mine is a PA and went through PA school recently and loved it. Um, I think, like anything, it's, it's a different job, and you have to ask yourself what your goals are. All right. Thank you, Ian, for that question. If you have a question that you want to answer here on the podcast, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash question. The next one is from Andrew. Hi, Dr. Gray. This is Andrew from Kansas City, Kansas. I'll be starting my post-baccalaureate in January, and I'm strongly considering applying for the HPSP scholarship uh, program uh, once I complete my MCAT. However, I'm actually looking further down the road towards residency, and I'm curious as to whether you think it wise to apply uh, apply for a specialty in your primary or secondary choice uh, based on the number of available GME residency positions in the Air Force at that time. Uh, I only ask because uh, of my understanding of the number of residency applicants that uh, were not able to make the primary or secondary and were instead placed in GMO positions. All right. This is all you, Ryan. So... I, I am one of those applicants that was placed in a GMO position. And and what 
let me give you a little background. If you don't know the HPSP route and applying to the medical residencies, what what Andrew is asking is uh, about looking at the number of spots available. Every year, the military comes out with a a spreadsheet that shows how many spots for each residency they have available. And he's basically asking, should you look at that list to determine where or what? It sounds like he's asking, should you look at that list to determine what you should apply for? Does that sound like what he's asking? Yeah, I think so. That's what at it least to like. help weigh in in the decision. So I'll ask you that. Should you look at a random list of numbers to determine what you want to be for the rest of your life? No. No, no, no. Uh, because if you choose something that you don't fundamentally want to do and that you're not passionate about, you can't be paid enough to be miserable. Exactly. So, Andrew, to answer your question very succinctly, don't look at that list to determine what you should apply for. Look at that list to, to understand how competitive it's going to be that year. And prepare yourself to do a GMO tour if that's the case. A GMO tour is awesome. Uh, as a flight surgeon, I had the time of my life flying in an F-16, flying in C-17s and C-5s, traveling uh, a lot of the world and and seeing lots of dirt <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the desert. I don't know if that's a good selling point, right? <laughs> um, but it was great. Uh, the experiences that I had were, were second to none. So don't dismiss a GMO tour as, as something that, that is uh, a punishment. Um, but as you're going through the process, and I know you're, you're just now in your post-bac period, as you're going through medical school, w- your specialty will start to come out and, and you'll figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Again, medicalschoolhq.net slash question to leave a voicemail. This next one is from Jerry. Hi, my name is Jerry. I'm calling from New York City. I just heard about your program, and I was wondering, is it really worth attempting to make the journey through uh, becoming a, a medical student and eventually a doctor? If I had a pretty terrible GPA, and I've been making the process toward uh, correcting that in my postbacks. Is there a realistic shot at being an MD or DO, and what do you think? Thank you very much. So there's a... Hi, my name is Jerry. Oh, it's on repeat. I'm from New York City. I... So there's an episode I did a while ago. I'll have to dig it up, but... Ultimately, the question comes down to, do you want to be a physician? And if you want to be a physician, then you'll figure out a way to get there. Uh, the, the what are my chances question is not a, a question that I answer because nobody can determine your chances. Your chances are 0% if you don't apply to medical school and hopefully higher than that if you do apply to medical school. And what do you think about that, Allison? Well, yeah, and I think... In terms of is it realistic? Well, sure. Uh, is it better to have a better GPA when you apply to medical school? Sure. Are there, on the other hand, are there medical students and doctors out there who started out with a really 
uh, crappy, is that FCC okay? Yep. Uh, GPA, and then went on and improved their grades in a master's program or a post-bac and uh, really demonstrated that they could improve on their academic performance, and that was enough to show admissions committee officers that they could handle medical school. Sure, and those people are out there. Um so it's it's just a question of your ambition, your drive, your commitment, and the ability to show that you can improve. It is possible. It can be done. Medicalschoolhq.net slash 75 is the episode where I answer the question about what are my chances of getting into medical school. So go listen to that, Jerry. Hopefully that gives you a little uh, motivation, a little encouragement as you continue on your journey. All right, Allison, what do you think? I don't know. What's next, Ryan? Just me and you. Oh, I thought you had more questions for me. Nope, that's it. Oh. Well, then. Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. What do you think should be the first episode of our medical school podcast? Mm, um, Perhaps... Congrats, you got in. (laughs) (laughs) A congratulations podcast. Yeah, you got to celebrate. You must remember that moment when you got into med school. I do. What what was happening? I think I told the story before. Well, remind us. I don't remember. And I'm your wife, so. I was working at Boston Sports Clubs. Oh, didn't your mom call and she was crying? She did. And I said, oh my God, who died? That's what I thought. That's terrible. Unfortunately, I've been in that situation. That, that situation where you get phone calls and somebody's <laughs> crying on the phone and it's like, oh, uncle so-and-so died or aunt so-and-so died or yeah. whatever. But uh, these were happy tears and she, I think she told me to sit down and she started reading the letter from New York Medical College saying, congratulations. So Very cool. Uh, My story involves tears as well, but they were mine. Yeah. Yeah. And then anger. You were angry? No, you were angry. That was so much later. <laughs> Don't embarrass me on the air again. <laughs> <laughs> again. Tell oh, people why you were man. angry. See, this is why you bring me on the show, so you can <laughs> throw me under the bus and humiliate me in a public forum. Okay, so the story is, I was upstairs reading... Uh, my email. <laughs> I don't think at this point I realized that you could get into medical school and that they would tell you by email. Anyhow, this is what happened. So I received the email also from New York Medical College and I started screaming and my mom and my sister were downstairs and they thought that there was a rat. (laughs) So I came racing down the stairs and they were like, oh my God, oh my God, what is it? And uh, they were happy tears and I don't remember in my life before that actually crying happy tears. They, uh, it was, it was an awesome moment. And uh, we hugged and cried, and it was great. Anyway, fast forward um, <laughs> a few days later, my my actual acceptance letter on hard copy paper was coming in the mail, and my sister, um, we're all big klutzes in our family, um, go figure. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> my sister had been in the kitchen, and she had uh, spilled a huge pot of coffee. 
and the coffee had gone on to the envelope that my uh, acceptance letter had come in. And I, I think my mom told me on the way home, we were driving home from somewhere and I completely lost it. I think because just psychologically in my mind, it was just such a, it was just such an important thing to have that piece of paper. I think I laminated it later. It was, I mean, you all know you're out there, you're, you're, you're trying so hard, you're working so hard every day to get into med school. And I just, I, I needed that piece of paper in my hand. And the idea that my sister could have completely tarnished it with a pot of coffee just made me so insanely crazy. I got over it, but I think she was a little scared of me for the next 24 hours. You mean the next 24 years? Hey, (laughs) that's impossible. She's only 25. That would have made her scared of me since she was one. Anyway, it was looking back quite the funny story, but um, yeah, you know, we, I mean, when you care about something enough, you get, you get passionate, you get emotional, you get, you get involved. Crazy. Anyway, <laughs> listen, my story is way more entertaining than yours. Sorry. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Hey, do you know this podcast is sponsored by somebody? I do know that. It's sponsored by Next Step Test Prep. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, so Next Step Test Prep, if you don't know, is an MCAT test prep company. They focus on one-on-one tutoring. Now, there's a lot of other test prep companies out there that have classroom settings or online classes or workshops that you can take but next step test prep is the go-to one-on-one tutoring for the mcat and if you go to medicalschoolhq.net slash next step then you'll be taken to a page where you can save a little bit of money on their tutoring packages they have uh, packages that'll fit any of your needs so check them out next step test prep Good stuff. Yes, Allison, thank you for joining me today. Yes, I feel like it was short. I I feel kind of gypped, Ryan. I I feel like you need to have me back again soon. We will. Thanks. I will. I appreciate that. As long as the listeners want you back. (laughs) So if you're listening to this and you want Allison back, go to bringallisonback.com. That's not a real website. Or if it is, it's probably something like really (laughs) weird. Yeah, I don't know that website. Don't go to that website. (laughs) I should get a website, though, and and have people vote. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, I hope you got a ton of great advice out of the podcast today. Some encouragement, some happy news about uh, us expanding our podcast reach. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go tell somebody about it. That's the best way you can help us spread the message. We've kind of plateaued in our downloads. And we get a lot of downloads for each episode. But we've plateaued recently. And... I need you to to personally go out and share the podcast with a couple of your friends. I would be, and Allison would be, greatly appreciative. Absolutely. And happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. So, as always, I hope you join us next time here at the Medical School Headquarters. <laughs>